0: Leak and clean the death machines
1: stand ready on the decks. Inside the men who fight in them run through their final checks. Absorbed in it, the pilots sift, their lives unmoved by hate. For those that fly make others die and never touch their fate. He
0: just flies the bomber. He never sees their eyes when the hell comes down.
2: He just flies the bomber. Hello and welcome to Lost Transmissions, a Horus Heresy podcast based on Battlefleet Gothic. My name is Jesse, and I'm here with our hosts, Stephen and Austin. How are you guys doing today? Pretty good. Not bad, not bad. Excellent. So, uh, what are we talking about today first, guys? Uh, we are going over
1: ordinance today. Oh, um, cool. But I understand that we have a couple of user-submitted or viewer-submitted questions.
2: Or listener-submitted. Listener submitted. Isn't Literally listening just they, watching with a your ears? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of positive feedback from the pilot uh, yesterday and had two questions from Mr. Baldwick on Discord. He says he has a few questions for the BFG episode we got just released. Number one, in regards to the Mechanicum and their hoarding tendencies, did they keep the best toys for themselves, and how do they compare both in lore and on the tabletop to the rest of the Legion forces? Um, Well, the short
1: answer is that there's not a lot to go on from the lore uh, standpoint as to what the Mechanicum does and does not keep for themselves. Presumably they do keep a lot of cool stuff for themselves because, you know, they're hoarders. Um, But there's not a lot of hard, hard evidence in books or rule books or novels or anything to say what exactly the Basilican Astra was doing during the Horus Heresy and during the Great Crusade. Um, on the tabletop, though, we can definitively say that, yes, the Mechanicum has kept all of the best toys for themselves. Uh, despite the fact that they use identical fleet lists with the Legions and the Armada Imperialis, you know, they still have the same types of cruisers and battleships to draw from. Uh, Mechanicum ships have access to several upgrade tables, which makes them a little more efficient and gives them uh, more of a combat punch. They are comparable to custodians in that in that, Mechanicum ships are more expensive individually than their Legion counterparts. They're stronger for that, but the loss of them is more significant because they give up more victory points to the opponent.
0: Sure. Yeah, like Stephen said, there just isn't a lot of like lore on the ships themselves. Like, there's a whole book called Mechanicum. It deals with Mechanicum fleet? Not at all. You know, like... Um, there's a there's couple one of spaceship indians-
1: in the entire book.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, I mean, from a 40k perspective, it does look like they intentionally design all of their ships to be ever so slightly better than regular Imperial ones. Um, but, is that because they were doing that in the Horus Heresy as well, or is it just because they remember ship, like and so have ships of the same quality that everybody in the Horus Heresy would have had. It's just been 10,000 years, and you know, fuck you, regular humans. Can't definitively say. They do have a couple of strange ships um, that get a mention. Like, there's a war Warbark, um, but you don't really get a sense of whether or not that's a Mechanicum-only ship. You know, it's just it's a bark. It's, for some weird purpose... And it does the thing, and it happens to be mechanicus. And are the mechanicus the only ones that have barks? No. Are they the only ones that have a specific type of bark? Eh, don't really know. Uh, on the tabletop, however, like Steven said, they are distinctly better. Not not by a huge amount. Like the the custode space marine analogy is pretty good, um, except that one custode. Think of it like custode versus marine, just basic guys shooting at each other, rather than the hand-to-hand, where a custode will annihilate a whole squad of marines on his own and not really care. A Mechanicus ship is going to be better than the equivalent Imperial Navy or Legion ship, but only just. So, like, in a one-on-one fight, Mechanicum ship probably going to win. In a three-on-three fight, the individual benefits start to matter a little less, and then suddenly it becomes like four on three because of the points difference, and things kind of go in that way. Um, On the tabletop, though, they do have a couple of really neat advantages because they can get, you know, hey, swap things out for lances, the light cruisers can have a better prow, you can increase the range of your weapons batteries, and do kind of All the little things in a normal fleet, you know, hey, yeah, my flagship might have a refit and it'll be really cool. It's got extra 15 centimeter range on its weapons batteries. That's pretty sweet. A Mechanicum fleet calls that a Tuesday and all of them happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I I guess the thing that the best way to answer that is they don't 100 percent keep like specific things for Mm themselves. But if they have the best things, yeah, they're going to pass them out to the legions. But they are definitely holding on to a good number. Gotcha. And uh, uh, I think there was another question. Yep. The second uh, second question.
2: That. You guys mentioned the development of tactics in the Imperium to fight ships of similar sizes, and how it was unexpected they would ever have to fight each other. But in the Lion's Primark book, spoiler alert, it mentions certain weapons stored away, as they would be the ones that the Dark Angels slash the Emperor would use to crush the Mechanicum in the case they got uppity. Do you know of any examples of the Mechanicum having things developed or stored specifically to fight against the Imperium? Hmm.
1: Again, it's... Uh, like a. Caban Machine? <laughs> yeah, well, the Caban Machine wasn't... Uh, the Caban Machine's a bit of an outlier, I think.
0: Yeah, that um,
1: wasn't a serious answer. It's definitely another instance of who knows what the hell the Mechanicum was doing, because nobody has been allowed to read the records. Um, but the short, the, the more practical answer is probably, in short, no. Um, because while the Emperor and the Legions definitely had their things for specifically fighting the Mechanicum, the Mechanicum already have all of the strongest weapons. They, they're the ones that made them. Sure. Um, so they don't necessarily need anything per se, um, you know, you could make a gun that could kill a squad of marines in the blink of an eye, or you could just have an Ordinatus engine.
2: Right. <laughs> that being said, yeah, so it's with probably old night and stuff that the emperor kind of hid away from the Mechanicum. Yeah, like, and they had some sort um, of inkling to have something in their back pocket, so to speak. I, maybe I don't know. But I, uh, I, but I the... agree
0: with Stephen. We just don't really know. And like he said, mm-hmm. eh? It got all the good stuff. I I think what it what would more likely happen is because the emperor like all the guys that are talking about like oh should we rebel against the emperor or not the emperor is not really the messiah. They're not wrong to say the Imperium and the emperor specifically kind of have their boots on the neck of the Mechanicum. Mm-hmm. So there's not as much like wiggle room to hide great and wonderful crazy things. Now, once they start actively plotting against the emperor and are going to side with Horus and suddenly they're putting demons in the scrap code, obviously then, yeah, they're like (laughs) opening all the boxes. The emperor told them not to touch and being like, Oh, this will fuck up a space Marine. (laughs) Um, but I don't think they had anything like the dark angels pile of crazy, you know, for the 200 years of the great crusade that they were just sitting on going like, man, these Terrans, fuck us. We're going to wreck them. (laughs) But as Steven said,
2: we haven't really read uh, much of anything as far as the memos go. So we could be very much wrong on that. But uh, we can also uh, tell you what, Mr. Baldrick, we will also send these questions to the Heresy grad school guys.
0: So. Yeah, never never uh, let Jason miss a chance to dive
2: deeper into the Mechanicum lore. Right. <laughs> I bet he would love to take a look at that. Yeah, version. he's he's
0: really going to hate doing the research for this one. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: darn, sorry Jason.
0: Yeah, with so little time on his hands with the pandemic and everything.
2: <laughs> so, this is uh the official episode 1. We're no lo- we are out of the pilot.
1: Yep. So, we have tough. made the break into real space.
2: That's right. Let's uh. Let's first and foremost let's talk about your project, guys. Battlefleet Heresy. Uh.
1: Well. Um, honestly, the whole thing started as Austin's idea. Uh, truth be told. Uh, one day, I asked Austin after he had shown me a couple of games of Battlefleet Gothic, "Hey, is there any uh?" is there any accommodations made for playing in the heresy? Like if these two fleets were combined and he said, no, I don't have anything. And, but I have found, uh, like a word document that he sent to me and uh, spoiler alert. Austin was lying. He was the one that wrote it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I do admit when it comes to this, especially before, like, cause, cause this was years ago. Like I, Feel like I knew Steven well, but not like yeah, it was like four years ago. Um But I've found that the best way to introduce anything to a gaming group until you're real like really known for like being able to write good rules and good missions for a specific thing, regardless of how good you actually are, right? Friggin', you know. Rick Priestley could come into your gaming group and be like, hey guys, I wrote these great new rules. you'd be like, really, Rick Priestley? Are you that good at it? <laughs> <clears throat> like, it doesn't seem to matter. Why um, does it say
2: Rick Priestley wins whenever he plays the game? Like, he's just good, man. But um, It's in the rule book. <laughs> every, everybody seems much more
0: like Unminable. or much less likely to like give it a go if it's like, oh yeah, my buddy wrote these. Now, if you say, hey, I found these on the internet, for whatever fucking reason, that just like is a green light for nerds. You're like, oh, you found that on the internet. my Let's God. Try it out. <laughs> Meanwhile, who the fuck knows who's writing? And, I mean, we do it all the time, right? We find cool stuff on the internet. Be like, oh, man, look at this guy's model. Like, he wrote these rules for it. That's really cool. Yeah, all right. Mornable guy. Meanwhile, that guy's friends have seen that model those rules and are like, I don't know, man. I'm doing it? <laughs> So, yeah, I uh, I had written way back when I was still living in L.A., um, when the Heresy kind of first was getting going, and we were playing a lot of BFG out there, um, all just like normal BFG. And we had a big group, and you know, there wasn't a whole lot of interest in the Horus Heresy from those guys, because they were all doing their own things, but, you know, sure. I was bored at work for a little bit, and I was like, you know, man, fucking Horus Heresy, that's where it's at, man. Good shit. So I started writing rules for like, well, horse heresy. <clears throat> right. Like, well, this would be great, because then you could use like those chaos ships, and there'll probably be a few Imperial ships. I'm gonna start looking into like what ships are where, and then you to have special rules for the legions, and that would be really cool. And then like I said, uh, I lied to Steven to get him <laughs> to try him out. Um, and nope. yeah, it and just sort of exploded. Initial... And I will say. Um the I did. Guinea pig. Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I laid kind of that foundation, and st- I don't know if I was just bored or doing other things. I don't know what. But I kind of looked around one day and was like, "Holy shit, Stephen has done like what the fuck is half of this?" <laughs> and it was yeah, awesome. What, like, Nick, what
1: Austin like, didn't realize is that um, if given I. I am a hobby rodent, and if you give me soft, pliable material to nest into, I'll just dig and dig <laughs> and build and and write. And then next thing you know, I'm just like nestled in the corner of the the enclosure.
0: Yeah. So suddenly, all my homebrew it it went from being like this thing that I wrote kind of for myself to suddenly like there were a couple other guys interested in it in the local group, and Steven's writing all of this stuff and. Like, it's all great and crazy, and I'm just sort of there being like, you know, been playing Battlefleet Gothic since like 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. That, I understand what you're trying to do there, but that's not going to do that.
2: Um, <laughs> so it's more just a like, constantly evolving uh, rule set you guys are working on too, mm-hmm. right?
1: More or less? Yeah, yeah. Uh. Uh, in part because I just, I, I come up with so many ideas and i give i just give austin a giant steaming wet pile of ideas and he molds it into into something usable
0: yeah i've never regretted giving someone the the link to the smotherman formula as much as i did steve (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for those listeners that don't know that's sort of a famous somebody did the math on breaking down what like a whole point and like a shield is worth in Battlefleet Gothic to let you design your own ships from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mostly accurate. Like it was in actual GW publications, um, mm-hmm. which basically makes wild. it a uh, cannon. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but we, we kind of went away from that path when we realized that other people, like it, it wasn't just like me and Steven. And then a couple of you, The local guys like humoring us so we were like ah we should be a little more professional about it so we started doing you know more research into like okay well we know this ship isn't heresy legal but it's a lot like this other ship that we've read in the fluff so we're gonna use that like uh the thunderbolt escort Mm -hmm. So the heavy escort that's, like, very specifically designed long after the horse heresy, but then we were reading in the fluff, oh, this apostate. heavy escort, that's really cool, it's heresy era, Thunderbolt rules, boom, done. And we know that it's, you know, at least more balanced, hopefully, than something that Steven and I just sort of stick together, yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, cool. was, um, so then, yeah. all the ships and everything focused on the Horse Heresy era, the Age of Darkness, more or less. Yes. If people so have, it's... Uh, if people have ships that uh, don't fit into that category, <clears throat> they can still play with them, though, right? So, so two things
0: about that. Um, one, so so Battlefleet Heresy, the like Armada Imperialis, Legion Lists run the Imperial ships from BFG, the Chaos ships, Space Marine ships. All the Space Marine ships, most of the Chaos, though weirdly not all, um, and a little more than half of the Imperial ships, including most of the like ones you'd find in the core rule book and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm. So no Xenos, though? No Xenos. Just like, no. um, heresy.
0: Yeah, like, and, and honestly, though, if you were playing a Great Crusade campaign or whatever, uh, and somebody had, like, orcs... Or Eldar, those guys haven't changed in ten thousand years. It's fine. (laughs) Yep, just go for it. Yeah. So like, we don't need to write any rules for Heresy era orcs. Just play friggin' orcs. Um, But we were careful when we were picking, especially what I mentioned earlier about having ships with Heresy names, combining them with kind of the forty k ship stats, Mm -hmm. to make sure that. Any layout of standard Imperial cruiser or Chaos cruiser is represented in this list. Okay. Um, so you should be able any model that you have Imperial Chaos Space Marine should be usable, even if not all of the specific like types of ship are usable. Gotcha. Um, yep. And if you really like, you know, a Nemesis class fleet carrier or that long serpent cruiser. Um, we do have an experimental ships list, which can let you kind of build build your own. Yeah,
1: it's actually um, actually it's just the Smotherman formula, with yeah. some added with some extra rules. Um, if you want to use a ship that maybe you played Battlefleet Gothic once long ago in the before time, and you just really 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 love your Despoiler battleship, but it's not in Heresy, you can mm-hmm. use the 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 experimental ship rules, the Smotherman, Smotherman formula to build identical to the hull point and to the weapons battery, the despoiler class ship, and put it in your fleet. There's going to be extra rules that go on that, um, but yeah, you can but still do it. Yeah, It, it just it's, won't it's be a despoiler good. per se.
0: And Battlefleet Gothic, like one of the things that I love about it, and I think most people that play it love about it, is that the missions and the campaigns can be so asymmetrical mm-hmm. that even if your ship isn't like, alright, yeah, I built a I really love the Jovian battlecruiser back in the day, and I rebuilt one with the Smotherman formula, but it's more expensive than it was then. Balls, it doesn't matter a whole heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like 30 points either way in a fleet engagement is a rounding error. You know, like it's fine. Nobody <laughs> cares. Sure. Cool. So, yeah, we, we want it to be themed very closely to the Heresy. Ship-wise, rules-wise, but we also wanted to make it accessible for you know all those people that have ships lying around since 2003, 2012, whenever um, don't play Battlefleet Gothic because there's nobody that plays Battlefleet Gothic in their area but wants to like go oh, yeah I'll have some ships to run around with my sexy new Dark Angels rules you know I'll go beat up on some Emperor's children that'll be fun
2: <laughs> yeah, hint hint nice cool so um if and to start off with if you guys are interested in checking out the rules as we go through this go to rr30k.com and you go ahead and click on that battlefleet heresy tab it'll take you to a list of all of our current rules mm-hmm.
0: and you can and i should point and out check them out
2: yep the basic rules we use
0: are the battlefleet gothic rules 2010 faq mm. um so like you don't need, like those, and those rules are on the internet. They're not hard to find. I don't think we actually have a link to them on the site. We can um, definitely put one in there. Yeah, if we find one, we can put one in there. But all what's on the website is taking those kind of core rules and playing BFH
2: with them instead of BFG. Indeed. So, on to the main course of tonight.
1: Mm, ordinance That thing that everybody loves until they don't.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's Take great away.
0: until the other guy has too many. Yep. Um, ordnance with than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, no, that's a lot of torpedoes. Uh, ordnance in Battlefleet Gothic falls into two categories, uh, essentially. They fall into um, dummy ordnance, unguided ordnance, torpedoes, orbital mines, um, specialist torpedoes, and attack craft which are fighters, bombers, and assault boats. And now normally, just about any ship in the Imperial line, in fact, every ship in the Imperial line, um, which is to say the Imperial Navy, carries torpedoes. And the Emperor and the Dictator carry attack craft. Torpedoes are kind of few and far between in the Chaos line, But they make up for it with a greater number of carriers. Uh, They have the despoiler, which, again, not legal in in heresy, the uh, venerable Styx heavy cruiser, and the devastation uh, cruiser, all of which are carriers.
0: Yeah, and that Styx is really... We're going to have to do an episode on carriers. Yep. Because she's sexy.
1: If I could, I would do an entire episode on just the Styx. Yeah, but alas.
0: Uh, so where do you want to uh, start? You want to start with the the attack craft or the the, the deads, the torpedoes and mines? Let's talk. Let's talk about torpedoes. Big,
1: huge, hundred meter long nuclear ICBMs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they do not fuck around. There seems to be kind of, at least in the books, reading it, two kind of subtypes. One, you know kind of your traditional wet Navy torpedo sort of thing. It's big. It's, you know, standard 40K upscale. Runs into a ship. Explodes. That's great. It's like a plasma warhead is what they describe on the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's another version which gets into kind of that optimal close-in range And then launches about 40 tiny missiles that actually have the payload um, under the presumption that, you know, yeah, you might be able to hit this 100 meter or 100 foot long thing with that quad LAS cannon you're using as your, like, light anti ordnance gun. But you're not hitting 40 missiles the size of a Volkswagen bus, so good luck. (laughs) Yep. Uh, in game terms, they are phenomenal. The, the big advantage of both torpedoes and b- bombers is that they ignore shields. Mm-hmm. Shields in Battlefleet Gothic are real annoying. Um, most cruisers have two. Light cruisers, escorts will have one. Battleships can have three or four. And every point of damage you cause drops a shield. Which doesn't sound too terribly bad, except they regenerate every turn, if you're not in contact with blast markers. Or if your shield
1: generators haven't been destroyed.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So like, ah, here is my gothic-class cruiser. It has four lances that hit on fours. I fire at the enemy ship. I get two hits, because that's the average. The shields are down. Huzzah! Before that gothic can fire again, the shields are back up, and you're host. Not so with torpedoes and attack craft. They just fly right on through.
1: Yep. Presumably, they go slow enough, or are made of something that void shields just don't know what to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think the the fluff reason is that they are too slow. Uh, yeah. For the despite the fact to... that
1: they are crossing interplanetary gulfs.
0: Yeah. In, Earth to the moon. An hour. In a turn. <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> so yeah, your torpedoes are generally built. Uh, they're going to outrun everything, because in game. All all Ordnance moves twice a turn. So, Battlefleet Gothic, I go, you go. I move all of my ships. In the Ordnance phase, both players move all their Ordnance, starting with the person whose turn it is. So, my turn, I move my ships, I shoot my guns, I move my Ordnance. The enemy moves his Ordnance, and then the next turn it all happens again. So, even though bombers technically only go 20 centimeters a turn, and that's only just as fast as... A standard Imperial cruiser, over the course of a game turn, it'll go forty centimeters to the enemy's twenty. Your hose, uh, mm-hmm. torpedoes, as a rule of thumb, go thirty centimeters, so they're going sixty a turn, um, which gives them a basic range if you're firing them from an Imperial cruiser of eighty centimeters. Right, because you move your ship twenty, you blow your load, you go about your day. Um, they are a little inefficient. Um, the reason for that, and this this goes for all attack craft as well, is the reload ordinance special order. You're only allowed to go on one order a turn, uh, and once you fire your torpedoes, you have to have your ten thousand deck slaves use their chains and hold the next one into place, and that takes an order from the captain apparently. Uh, so once you get into kind of knife fighting range, you're not going to be reloading and firing your torpedoes again. You're going to be Bracing for impact, or trying to turn faster, or locking on to fire your guns more efficiently. Um, normally, I'll fire torpedoes two, three times from a ship in a game, um, and that you know that's maybe ten or fifteen turns. So you know, twenty percent of the time I'm firing torpedoes, thirty percent of the time.
1: Yeah, they seem to. There seems to be two times to fire the torpedo, and that's at long range to use as area denial or at point-blank shotgun style. There's It's, yeah. too, it's too close to avoid them. There's so many of them, it, it's going to hurt.
0: Yeah, um, so we do use, like I said, the FAQ rules for this. In original Battlefleet Gothic, each torpedo with its own tiny marker, and you can combine it into a wave, that could wind up being like eight inches across if you had enough torpedoes to fire and a ship would run through them, hit, you know, the four or five that would cross the ship's base, and that would be the end of it. Nowadays, um, it's a marker not quite 20 millimeters across, and, you know, that's three torpedoes, that's 30 torpedoes day. Uh, like Stephen said, if you fire them early, yeah. they're really easy to dodge, right? They just go in a straight line after you launch them. There's no pre-measuring in BFG, but it's a straight line. Everybody knows how fast they go. Um, there are no tricks to make them go yeah. faster. So you could just go like, okay, do I want to run into these six torpedoes? Or would I rather like turn out of my line of travel and just avoid them altogether? Nobody, nobody has to worry. And
1: there's, there's something uh, undeniably psychological in Torpedoes. Um, because if you play Battlefleet Gothic long enough, and you start to get a feel of what kind of damage certain classes of ships can do with their broadsides, um, and you start to memorize the gunnery table and the statistics of actually damaging your opponent. So when somebody comes up to you with a murder class and says, all right, 10 weapons batteries into you and you watch them calculate it out and it ends up being four shots. And you're like, okay, well, four shots, armor five, probably only gonna drop one shield. I'm not gonna brace, I'll take it, I'll do whatever. Same thing with a Gothic or a Lunar. For some reason, torpedoes are way scarier because it's always the same number of torpedoes that are gonna hit you. And you don't know how many of them are actually going to damage you, but if they do, you don't get your shield. It's just going to be straight up damage.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. We let me let me stop us for a moment and explain how this works in game to people that don't know. Um, when you fire ordnance, so torpedoes or attack craft, and it hits an enemy ship, they have turrets. Every ship has a certain number of turrets, which are you know your quad las cannon arrays, your friggin'. You know, auto-cannon you know, batteries. shaker guns that are firing no. like flak 88s. Um, all designed to shoot down fighters and torpedoes and all of that. Cruisers have two uh, as a rule of thumb. Escorts will have one usually and a carrier will have one more than whatever its class is. So like the dictator cruisers the imperial carrier, it has three turns. On a four-up they destroy a torpedo or a fighter, either one. And that's all she wrote. Two caveats to that, though. Um, One, you have to decide if you're going to brace or not before you shoot your turrets. And bracing halves the number of turrets that you fire. And two, you can only shoot at either torpedoes or attack craft. So if I have, say, four bombers attacking my ship, and then I have three waves of torpedoes, and I fire at those bombers... I can't shoot at those torpedoes at all with turrets. Or I could fire at each individual wave of torpedoes and let the bombers go through. Um, so you got to kind of work that math in your head. And like Steven said, I think the reason it's such a big psychological thing, even though they're still rolling against armor, you know, so they still only use five to do damage. It's, all right, six torpedoes have hit. I have two turrets that hit on a four up. So it's going to be five torpedoes rolling against me. Does damage on a five or better. That's only one or two points of damage. But if you miscalculate, unlike weapons batteries, where, you know, oh, he's only gonna do one hit and he rolls three out of four hits instead, that's only one point of damage to your ship. If you do that math wrong with torpedoes, suddenly you've taken three points of damage, have a critical hit, and your shields are collapsed, or your weapons batteries are offline or whatever. So the potential Many a
1: time I have thought to myself, it's only six torpedoes. I can deal with that. All six hit and just, well, now my ship has two whole points left and is crippled.
0: Yep. Yep. And a crippled ship is pretty horrific. You know, all the weapons are halved. Suddenly it can't move as quick. Like, there's so many problems. You just don't want it to happen. That's when yeah, you start giving up you... victory points. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though you're only firing torpedoes, you know, two, three times a game, and that first volley is just to make the other guy blink, and doesn't do any damage, they're still real good. Uh, yep. especially on smaller things. So, like the Cobra. Uh, it's an Imperial Navy uh, destroyer escort. A little, escort. Yeah. A little destroyer. Only four up armor, only one shield, but two torpedoes. And you can take them in packs of six. Suddenly that's twelve torpedoes. And they go thirty centimeters and turn really fast. And they can just run in, fire off their torpedoes, make you hit them, and then run away again. And it's Mm -hmm. annoying and great uh, depending on who has them. Yeah, depending on which
1: side of it you're on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Torpedoes are mean. Specialist uh, torpedoes. Attack
0: craft in general is the enemy ships can run over them and that triggers them as well. Yes. Torpedoes can hit your own ships. So sometimes I've been guilty of this. (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, it's it's late in the game, the lines have crossed, there are ships everywhere. I've got somebody dead to rights with torpedoes. I fire them. Three, like one is destroyed by turrets, two hit the enemy ship, and those remaining three just keep going.
1: Yep. It bears noting that torpedoes I realize, just keep going.
0: Oh no, I'm going to have to move my own ship through my own torpedoes. And they're dumb, so they just hit them. Yep. Oops. Uh, so there's a, a friendly fire potential, which is fun yeah. and terrifying in equal measure.
1: And there's other. Most ships are just equipped with regular torpedoes, ships that have them. But there are uh, a couple of varieties of specialist torpedoes which do fun things. And these range from uh, torpedoes that go faster, uh, torpedoes that hit harder. To torpedoes that follow you around, and torpedoes that are Dark Age relics, such as vortex torpedoes, which yeah, when so they when they hit, they uh, automatically do a critical damage,
0: which is real rude. Which but is yeah, real I've rude. I've actually got the the list in front. So, like Steven said, um, short burn torpedoes; those just like normal torpedoes, except they go forty centimeters each Ordnance phase instead of 30. Um, And then the downside of that is you roll a d6 every time you move them, and on a roll of 6, the torpedoes run out of fuel and just go away. Boop! Which you might not think is a huge trade-off, but one of the other problems with Ordnance in general is that if they run into a Blast Marker, that's that they're detonated by whatever's going on. And it all just goes away. And there's nothing as sad as being like, oh god, I've got this 12 torpedo salvo. I'm going to shove it right down that ship's throat. I'm going to murder him. It only has to go through one blast marker. What are the... Uh, oh no, no more torpedoes. Yep. Uh, one in so one yeah. out of
1: six times, it will happen every time. Every time.
0: Yeah, at least once a game, it seems like that happens to me. and I feel like I just don't fire enough torpedoes for that to be statistics.
1: And that goes for that goes for all attack craft too. If you fly yeah. a big old wave of bombers and their fighter escort straight into an asteroid field or a blast marker, you know they might just accidentally die in atomic fire.
0: Yep, we've seen Empire Strikes Back. We know how those Tie Fighters do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's the short burns. Uh, then there are guided torpedoes. These are probably those things that the Mechanicum keep in large numbers for themselves. Sneaky bastards. Uh, they're just like normal torpedoes except at the beginning of the ordnance phase it can make a 45 degree turn um, if the ship that launches them passes the leadership chest and if the test has failed an enemy ship can try and pass a leadership check uh, to turn them 45 degrees the way the enemy wants which is fun yep um i don't see these a whole lot in bfg there was a tau version that you couldn't hack and it was upsetting and real rude. Um, like most Tao things, really. Yeah, yeah, fucking, fucking Tao. Um, but these are fun, right? Yeah, they just get a little turn. You can send them off, you know, when you've got that first volley, and the enemy can normally just sort of sidestep and be fine. No longer, huzzah. Uh, then there are seeking torpedoes, uh, and these are fun. Because they don't get screwed up by enemy sh- counter-hacking, like guided torpedoes, and they don't attack friendly ships. Uh, they turn 45 degrees at the start of the ordnance phase towards the nearest enemy ship, uh, which is almost universally a good thing. Like I can see a couple of times, oh no, it turned after the Cobra instead of the crippled battleship I wanted to hit. But for the most part, pretty fun. The downside here is that when they move through blast markers, they blow up on a five or six instead of just a six. But honestly, I think it's a good trade-off to never accidentally hit your own ship.
1: Yeah, seems fun. Again, it's really it's it's all worth it for the never accidentally hitting their own ship.
0: Yep, which is pretty great. Uh, next on our list are barrage bombs, which I've never actually seen played with because they're very specialist. So these are torpedoes designed to go into an atmosphere and blow the shit out of planetary targets. So, if your ship is in low orbit in one of the boarding missions, um, you can fire them at the planet, and each one that hits the planet scores an assault point if the wave is strength six or less. More assault points, the bigger the wave. Um, The problem is barrage bombs which attack ships don't ignore shields
1: which kind of defeats the purpose of using torpedoes.
0: It really does. It really does. So like these are one of those things where it's so specialized. It's like for the most part, unless you're a mechanic and cheat, um, you're getting a torpedo as part of a campaign refit. So it's semi-random. You've already got an experienced ship and then you got to make sure that ship is in a planetary assault when you're the attacker. And then you got to get it. It's, it's a whole lot. They're not great. We may even have left straight up left them out of the, the Battlefleet Heresy rules, now that I'm thinking on it. No, they're in there. They're in there, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't
1: happy about it, because it was a lot of stuff I had to type and reformat (laughs) the page just to fit them in there for something that someone's never going to use.
0: If any of you, any of you, use Barrage Bombs, let me know for our sanity. I'll send you a dollar in the mail. (laughs) Uh, Then there are Melted Torpedoes. So Melted Torpedoes... Are really These are the scary ones. They've got Melt-A-Bomb warheads. It sounds like they should murder the shit out of an enemy ship, and they do, but not... Not really. the way you would think. So, their special rules is hits from Melt-A-Torpedo inflict no actual damage. Instead, they suffer, a, or they cause a automatic fire critical. Now, as you can imagine, fire on a spaceship is not good. There's not a lot of oxygen, and it's real cramped. Um, So what happens is, in the end phase, one of the things you do is you try and put out a fire uh, for every point of hull you're fix a critical damage or put out a fire. If you don't put out a fire, it does a point of damage. So... These aren't going to do a whole lot to a healthy, fine ship. But if you hit a crippled ship with a couple and suddenly that ship is, you know, kind of facing the wrong way already and it's on fire, you don't have to worry about shooting it anymore. It will kill itself. Uh, The downside of these is that any ship that has melted torpedoes, which shuffers a critical hit to the prow, um, which is where the torpedoes are stored, suffers an extra D3 fire criticals uh, in addition to whatever pain it's already suffered uh, as the torpedoes explode in the magazine. Don't get you caught hate to with see these it. in your magazine. <laughs> like, shoot yep. the damn things.
1: Yep. Vortex torpedoes will do the same thing.
0: Yep, only worse. So vortex torpedoes, as Steven said, these are the pride and joy of torpedoes in the heresy.
1: Every torpedo um, wants to be a Vortex torpedo when it grows up. It's true. And in so fact, these... Lionel Johnson probably goes to bed cuddling one.
0: It's it's <laughs> fact. We've, we know it.
2: Jesse will confirm. It's true.
0: Yeah, I mean, so these are exactly like all other Vortex weapons. They make a little hole of warp space in real space, except again, these are 100-yard-long torpedoes, so it's a much bigger hole. Uh, So hits inflicted by by Vortex Torpedoes automatically cause critical damage. Um, So that's how you can get your shields permanently turned off, weapons destroyed, a bulkhead collapse that'll do D6 additional damage to the damage you've already taken. They're amazing. They're terrifying. Don't ever get hit with them. That's my pro tip for that. Um, And then, much like the Melted Torpedoes, if a ship that has them gets a critical hit to the prow where the torpedoes are, it suffers an extra d3 points of damage and an automatic critical hit because suddenly there are 13 tiny warp gates in the prow. It's not good.
1: Nope. It is a bad time if you are anything. No matter what you are, it's a bad time. Except maybe a demon. Demons might be the only things that don't care.
0: That's true, except there are no demon ships, so you're going to have a bad time.
1: Yep, at least not in Heresy. There are demon ships in classic BFG, there are. but that's a We're whole not there other yet
0: thing. Yeah, haven't, haven't been that many problems yet.
1: Yeah, um, not yet. So that's
0: all the torpedo shenanigans. Uh, the now we get to the real thing, fun stuff. <laughs> well, not quite yet, because I want to talk about orbital mines for just a second.
1: Um, ah, we yes. You have some
0: mine layer upgrades in Battlefield Gothic, uh, Battlefield Heresy, and you can also, when you're a defender in certain scenarios, you're allowed to buy like the planet's defenses some of which can be orbital mines. Um, So if you've got them on a ship, they pop out like attack craft squadrons, but only one per launch bay. And they either hang around until somebody runs over them, in which case they explode, and it's bad. Or, um, as is more common, they will drift towards the nearest enemy ship at something like 15 centimeters a turn until dealt with. Which, again, it doesn't sound very far, but it's 15 centimeters... Well, I say turn. Per ordnance phase. So 30 yep. centimeters of turn, which They've is still faster than an every Imperial cruiser. cruiser. Yep. So they'll catch you. And, you know, if the enemy's laid them, you're probably going towards them rather than away, so suddenly you've got problems. Yep. Uh, but they Now don't here's be the thing about it. A-
1: now, well, with good reason, too, because even when an orbital mine is shot down, it still does damage. Uh, normally, an orbital mine that comes into contact with an enemy ship and explodes just rolls eight dice against the target, which is one less than a battleship torpedo spread. So let that sink in for a second. And even if you shoot it down with your turrets, it's still it automatically still rolls four dice against you, mm-hmm. which is only two less than a standard cruiser spread. Yeah. So orbital mines are incredibly dangerous, because even when you shoot them, they still hurt you.
0: Yeah, the uh, the only reason you don't see them a whole lot is because there's it's not often a ship is equipped as a mine layer. Um, it does take something out of you, because instead of launching, you know, two fighters or bombers from that launch bay, it's one mine that the enemy's going to work very hard to not get hit by. But on the other
1: hand... Like to uh, melt torpedoes and vortex torpedoes. As, like, they...
0: Individual mines?
1: It is uh, five points per so cost what? of launch bay. Uh, or
0: oh, no, They cost I, I meant five were points taking per up... launch bay. Oh, as if um, you were taking them as part of like a planetary defense As planetary defense? List. Those uh, are... I think they're like five points apiece. They are five points apiece, yep. Yeah. yep. So they're a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Um, they are dangerous to the carrier as well, though. Uh, much like melted torpedoes and vortex torpedoes, if a ship that carries orbital mines suffers critical damage, which would damage one of their launch bays, then the mines detonate and the ship in question takes an extra d3 points of damage. So be careful. Um, But I think that's basically everything for dumb ordnance, Mm -hmm. uh, which means we get to move on to the truly fun part of ordnance, attack craft. Uh, Like I said, attack craft comes in three varieties. There are bombers, fighters, and assault boats. Uh, now, from a fluff perspective, what exactly a bomber, a fighter, or an assault boat is kind of varies. Um, in the original Chaos publication, the original Chaos fleet list, assault boats were Dreadclaws. And in the original Imperial Navy publication, assault boats were called Sharks, which presumably was half of a Kestus assault ram.
0: Uh, it's um, actually bigger than a Kestis because they can hold like 100 dudes in them, but yeah. They look kind wow. of like Hapakistus, or like that yeah. new Space Wolf flyer thing that looks like Hapakistus. Scaled yeah. out, it's the same thing. Uh,
1: the different individual types of craft in the Heresy vary so widely that, for the purpose of Battlefleet Heresy, we just call it fighter, bomber, assault boat. Um, fighters could be ziffons they could be Fury Interceptors. Uh, we know for sure they could that be at least...
0: Thunderbolts. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we know for sure that at least one first captain, not naming any names, rode a what a fury like a surfboard straight into a Dark Angel
0: ship. I mean, that yeah. sounds vaguely familiar. I don't. I don't know.
1: Oh, it was it was Sevitar. Sevitar did it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's in Prince of Crows. He he rides yeah. a fury like a surfboard. Um, Which is funny. Bombers. All of these yeah.
0: ships are are wildly different in size uh, and equipment, right? Like a ziphons a little speedy thing. We all have a rough idea of the size compared to various, you know, 40K things because we may have had the privilege of seeing one on the table. It's got a little missile bay and a couple of LAS cannons. Hooray! Then you have something like the Fury Interceptor, which is 100 feet long, has a crew of five, top gunner, bottom gunner, a bank huh. of las cannons. A shit it's a Boeing seven
1: forty seven that's used to intercept planes.
0: It's a fighter. Yeah, <laughs> I can only, at least in my own head, um, I'd like to think, and this goes for bombers as well, which are all over the place in forty k or in uh, heresy, that instead of saying. You will have a squadron of fighters. A squadron of fighters is always, you know, twelve or fifteen or thirty ships. They've just got stats somewhere, right? Like your fighter should be this fast and a squadron should be take up this much room on the hangar deck and be able to, you know, fire this, you know, amount of energy in weapons at the enemy. Cause otherwise it's all insanity.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but for the purpose of that um, when it comes to modeling your Battlefleet heresy and uh, you're picking out what you want to use as your attack craft markers, go wild. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, um, use, use, use whichever thing you want uh, because nothing matters and the rules are made up. But also, everything matters and the rules are also made up.
0: That's true. Uh, this is a so fan attack version craft. of the dead game.
1: Yeah, you know. Take it with a, with a grain of salt. Or not. Whatever. Live your life. I'm not your dad. Uh, attack craft generally all have the same purpose, uh, but they go about doing it different ways, which is to say that they still are made to damage ships. Uh, the exception to this being fighters, um, so we may as well start with them. Uh, fighters launch uh, 30 centimeters, and their job is to shoot other attack craft, or to defend the attack craft that they are in. So if you were to launch a, um, take a Styx cruiser, which has three launch bays on each side, so it can launch six waves, six tokens, if you will, uh, of attack craft. So you launch three bombers, you launch three fighters. Now they fly around, and any instance where they would get in trouble, those three fighters are doing the heavy lifting before the bombers are. Um, And in fact, the bombers will simply die if they find other fighters. Uh, this, of course, depends on what particular rules for ordinance you're using. There's a lot of homebrew out there for attack craft.
0: And a lot of good ones, I must say. The, the yeah, original a lot of the graphic, is just sort of this token removes this token, and that's the end of it. Yep, picking um, up like candy. There's a great, uh, what's that, Warproof Magazine? Is it 36, the Warproof Magazine, with it?
1: E- I think so. 36 or 37.
0: All right. Uh, that has some amazing rules where, you know, if you're a carrier guy, it's great because every fighter has its own little turret and you're rolling dice to see if this squadron kills that squadron. And if they don't, the other squadron kind of keeps doing its thing instead of disappearing. And a oh, whole it's great, it's lovely. Look around. Um, I think if we haven't posted links to them, we will. I know we reference it in projects that are coming up. Mm hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Bunch of fun stuff going on. You yeah. You can also um, use fighters. Being, oops. Ooh, come back. Okay, there we you go. You can also use fighters to uh, go after torpedo waves. hmm To shoot that's them down. Their, that's one of their primary missions. Uh, in normal kind of core rules BFG, one token of fighters, so one squadron of fighters, deletes a torpedo salvo. Could be one torpedo. Could be thirty. They're all gone. And that's real good. Because, again, you're not getting hit with those torpedoes through your shields. Uh, They can also just sit on the base of a ship. yep, And they move whatever the ship does. It's called Combat combat Air Patrol, um, which should really be Combat Space Patrol, but Cap sounds a lot cooler than (laughs) so it's still Cap. (laughs) Uh, The downside, the upside to that is naturally because fighters move in the Ordnance phase, if you tried... To constantly screen, there's going to be always a way to get through, to touch the ship's base that you want to touch as the attacker. If you're doing cap, you just put the fighter on the base, that's kind of 360 security, and uh, they'll hit anything that attacks the ship first. The downside of that is, if the ship gets blast markers from being shot at by macro cannons or lances or whatever, you roll a d6, and on a 1, the fighter squadron got in the way of something they really shouldn't have and draw death
2: yep.
1: yeah and it bears noting um, because we personally use so many different uh, versions of homebrew for attack craft for the purpose of this episode um, we're not going to get too deep in depth on how fighters and bombers interact with each other and with ships uh, because there's again six or seven different really good ways to play it
0: but we yeah, are going to well, give you kind they, of an overview. They do all interact with ships the same way. It's Which is to say when, that fighters do nothing. Yes, fighters always do... Well, not quite nothing, eh, sort but not of. great. They'll yeah. never hurt a ship. Yes. Um, but yeah, the ways that all of these ordnance interact with each other, there's, I think, probably four good like ways I like playing. Um, like I said, I've come down on Warp Rift magazine. Um the one issue they have, thats fantastic. Where's it going? I'm not going to be able to find it now that I'm here. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, fighters, um, their objective when their es- when their wave that they're escorting actually gets to a ship is to suppress turrets, um, yeah. which keep them from shooting down their friends, the bombers, or the assault boats. Uh, speaking of bombers, bombers are slower than fighters, uh, whereas fighters and assault boats will go 30 centimeters, bombers only go 20. And it bears noting that when you mix and match your attack craft, you are moving at the speed of your slowest member. So even if you have three bombers, three fighters, you're only going 20 centimeters, until those fighters so break off.
0: It's a warproof 33. 33. 33.
1: Um, bombers are the ones that do the real hull point damage to ships. Um, the most common way that we play is a bomber that comes into contact with a ship rolls a D6 and then there are modifiers to that. Um, it's just
0: the way to play Steven that they true. interact with they interact with ships the same. So you'll have your one yeah. your bombers, you'll have your wave right of mm-hmm. say kind of our traditional two fighters two bombers right mm-hmm. And they'll go in and the turrets will fire. Because your dice are bad sometimes. Bomber squadron, And then It'd you be subtract like the result from the number of turrets. And that's the number of shots you get. Each fighter suppresses a turret. So two fighters against a cruiser that has two turrets. Instead of each bomber being D6 minus two, which could yield you no shots, right? Like if you roll a one on that D6 and it's, it's minus true. two, you get nothing. It's just straight d6. And then you roll, and it goes through shields, and as a bonus, always hits a ship on the weakest armor facing.
1: Yep. Which Which doesn't often come into contact, or doesn't often come into play in a heresy, given that it's a lot of chaos and imperial ships fighting each other. But if you were fighting against orcs.
0: Well, orcs is uh, great, but even imperials, like imperial ships always have that six up prow and then five up sides. And if you've got, you know, a couple of lunars and you fire a torpedo wave in their face, they might look at it and go, you need sixes to do damage, boss. I don't really care. Bomber wave comes at you. It's needing fives, and there's going to be a lot. But again, just like with torpedoes, you have to decide whether you want to brace or not before the dice get rolled to see what damage is actually coming your way. So you could brace... And those three bombers that are each trolling D6-1 attacks against you roll triple ones, and it turns out no damage was going to be done to you either way. But you've still braced, and that sucks. Yep. On the other or, hand, sometimes you know, that one bomber gets through, does five points of damage, and fuck my life.
1: Yep, that's just the end of it. Um, the other We Hurt Ship's attack craft is uh, the assault boat. Or, I like to think of them as Dreadclaws because I use tiny little metal Dreadclaw models. So that's just what perpetually they are in my mind. Um, but they hurt ships in a different way. Uh, they perform hit and run attacks, which is a boarding party getting in, doing damage, and then hopefully getting out. Although mm-hmm. that last part is always a bit more dicey. Uh, but and assault is boats... important
0: to Battlefleet Gothic. <laughs> Yeah, and also not important. So <laughs> the ten, cars. Ten that guys got more or in, less is not important for BFG as long as they yeah. detonated a magazine before they died.
1: Yeah, the, the the vehicle that got them there is worth more than they are. It's true, even if they're space marines. Even if they're space marines, because they came in a Thunderhawk, and we'll talk about Thunderhawks a little bit. Um, but assault craft, everyone that comes in contact with an enemy ship, inflicts a critical hit. Now, on its own, this might not be that big of a deal. You know, if one, if you catch a broadside, and of all of the six hits that get uh, that get absorbed, one of them does a critical. You know, you might your your engines might be damaged. You might lose your port armament. But if three dreadclaws jump on you and you suffer three critical hits, you might be suddenly going from full health to a wailing little baby that doesn't have port, starboard, or dorsal weapons. Yeah. And until I remember you fix them. You're fixing
0: those on a six and you're rolling as many dice as you have hull points left. There's been yep. times fighting Steven when I've had a ship with five hull points with five different criticals. Like, do I want to be able to shoot again or do I want to put the fire out? Like, It's bad. And yeah. I, it's not rolling like you normally would roll on the critical hits table. Normally critical hits are 2d6, the higher numbers being the worst things. With hit-and-run attacks, like assault boats, you're just rolling 1d6, uh, and because this is the Horus Heresy and you're generally going to be a Legion fleet, you're going to get a plus one to that because Space Marines are crazy. Which is great because they'll never fail to do something.
1: Yep. Um, Unless they are against another Space Marine ship which inflict a negative one to hit-and-run attacks.
0: Because sometimes your battleship is full of dreadnoughts Yep. even it be like that sometimes teleported to the surface <laughs> yep yes um,
1: now there's something else I was gonna say about that and now oh uh, unlike damage inflicted by bombers you cannot brace against assault boats
0: yeah if they get through
1: you're gonna hurt
0: and it's also an amazing way to deal with escorts because escorts only have one hull point. Yep. And, and automatically, die. any critical hit will destroy them. Yep. And there's so nothing they if can you, do. You know? They fire their one turret, and you've got that one, you know, shark or Thunderhawk. Especially if it's a Space Marine crew against a non-Space Marine crew escort. Yep, it's
1: oh, just I gone. I will d6
0: plus one, and I need a two to kill it. Bye. <laughs> RIP. Uh, which <laughs> does. Uh,
1: Thunderhawks are Space Marine exclusive ordinance which means that only a ship within a stardays crew uh, so either a chaos or an imperial navy vessel that has paid 15 points for them or a battle barge or strike cruiser which automatically come with them uh, with carrier capacity can launch thunderhawks thunderhawks are a little bit slower they're 20 centimeters but they and their cousin the thunderhawk annihilator have the special benefit of being able to perform two jobs at once a regular Thunderhawk can be both a fighter or an assault boat, and a Thunderhawk Annihilator can be either a fighter and a bomber. So they can perform both of those roles simultaneously.
0: Yeah, which is awesome, because you don't have to, you know, declare when you launch them what they're going to do. They mm-hmm. can do both whenever they want, at any moment in time they want. Yep, And they're a little harder to kill. So in kind of the basic rules, where a lot of it is, you know, my token removes this token, or I've been hit by a turret, I'm dead. Thunderhawks get a four-up save against whatever has happened to them. Mm -hmm. Which is amazing. Yep.
1: it's Uh, It'll keep them in the fight. Uh, Thunderhawk as a combat air patrol vessel does
0: pretty Mm -hmm. good work. Yeah, because normally you'll fire, you know, oh, I'm going to fire a couple of small waves of torpedoes, you know, maybe my cobras fire individually, and the cap has to jump on those torpedoes, and then the cap goes away, and then the next thing comes. But with Thunderhawk, they have a chance of hanging out. Yep, they're just uh, always there. Real disconcerting. Yep. And, and we say Thunderhawk, but really, if you're trying, if some of you, and I know some of you are thinking this, they're going well, man, what about what about all the other space marine? Like, what, what happened about a fire raptor? Or, you know, whatever. It's storm eagles. Why are there no storm eagles in Battlefleet Gothic? Battlefleet heresy.
1: Well, there kind of are. In the sense that you can just use the rules for a Thunderhawk for them. Um,
0: yes, like if If you happen to find a Battlefleet Heresy-sized Storm Eagle, one, send me the link. Yeah, for sure. um, You know, you just got to think about it in your head. All right, Storm Eagle carries, what, three times as many guys as a Thunderhawk? Twice as many? I forget the actual ratio now that I'm here talking about it. Um, A Storm
1: Um, Eagle carries uh, 20. A Storm... A Thunderhawk carries, like... Forty. Are you thinking of a storm bird, the storm big, bird. huge one? My bad. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just a matter of numbers, right? That little twenty by twenty, or forty by five, depending on how you base your attack craft, doesn't really matter. It all adds up to the same thing in the end. Um, that's still a couple of hundred, couple of thousand, like a thousand miles of space cube. Mm-hmm. There could be 12 Thunderhawks in there. There could be 10 Storm Eagles. But they're all fulfilling about the same role. And at the scale of interstellar spaceship fights, it's all about the same. So we call them Thunderhawks just because that's what BFG originally used. So it's a little easier for people coming from like 40K BFG to wrap their heads around Battlefield Heresy. But for you, Battlefleet Heresy purists, feel free, base them however yep. you want, put whatever tiny models you find on them, send yep. us pictures. We love pictures.
1: Oh yeah, we'll put them up. We'll put them on Instagram. We'll put them on Facebook. Fuck, I'm surprised we're not putting them on Facebook right now.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah,
1: we'll it. do it. We'll do it. Uh, but I think that's about
0: everything for ordnance no, today. No, it's not. Oh, what else do we have? One glorious stepchild of the Ordnance family.
1: <laughs> what is, is it, it? Ursus Clause?
0: It's not. Sadly, it's not. No, sir. This is the distinguished and elite Torpedo Bomber Squadron. Ah, yes. Which... <laughs> it's the best <laughs> of the all possible oh, worlds. yay. <laughs>
1: Yay! Um, you you mean a worse bomber joy
0: yeah so this is a really weird thing it's exactly what it sounds like it's a bomber that instead of carrying the normal you know b1 spread of bomber missiles carries a couple of those hundred foot long torpedoes oh it's um, an if you are following
1: along with if you are looking at one of your floppy books, this is on page 158 of Armada.
0: Yeah, I'm in the Warp Storm myself. It's on page four. It's exciting.
2: Ooh.
0: Yeah. Somebody bound it for me. I'm sorry, page six. Um, Oh, well, Anyway, It's an upgrade. um, Quote, unquote. And it's like 10 points per strength point of a vessel. So while a sticks... Can be upgraded to have Thunderhawks and whatnot for a fairly reasonable price of what 15 to get space marine crew and the ability to launch fancy stuff. Yeah. For 60 points, it can instead be equipped with torpedo bombers. So torpedo bombers fire just like regular or deployed just like regular bombers. They go 20 centimeters. They count as bombers when, like, fighters are, shoot- are trying to shoot them down and all that sort of stuff. But at the beginning of any ordnance phase, they can be replaced. A squadron of torpedo bombers can be replaced with a Strike 2 torpedo salvo. Hooray! Joy. Um, and the torpedoes function according to the standard torpedo rules, but have a limited supuel- fuel supply so are removed at the end of the same ordnance phase they are launched in.
1: Yep, that's a good way for a for a ship that doesn't have torpedoes, um, specifically one of the chaos carriers like the Sticks, like the book mentions, or a Devastation, yeah. to um to suddenly be packing torpedoes because, say, take a Sticks. If a Sticks launched six torpedo bombers, and each of those torpedo bombers evolves into two torpedoes. That's 12 torpedoes coming at you.
0: And it would launch, you know, all as one big wave, which is Mm -hmm. fun. Um, It's also handy, like you said, just to make the enemy do something about it, right? So say you launch a mixed mixed group, right? Say two fighters, two bombers, two torpedo bombers. And when you get real close, the torpedo bombers launch torpedoes. And suddenly, instead of your turrets having one target they can fire at, they have to start picking and choosing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um so that's not bad. Is it sixty points good, dear listener? Yeah. I think it's not. However Debatable. However, and we're I realize, Stephen, we're gonna have to go talking about all the different attack craft rules at some point in the future. Yes, um, we will. But I will mention And I'm putting it off as of, long as possible. <laughs> I, I know, I know. But um, one of the ways my, my preferred way of playing with attack craft limits the number that you get. So normally you have an infinite supply of fighters and bombers, more or less, as long as you can keep reloading ordnance. Um, this always struck me as kind of dumb because, well, you only have so many in the hangars and once they get blown up, they're blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, so this could actually be a handy way of preserving your ordnance, Right. Because the torpedo bombers aren't the ones that are risking the turret fire and getting blasted. They fire their torpedoes, they go home, you can relaunch them next turn, and it's fine. It's safe and happy. Um, Of course, the one other downside is they can only launch their torpedoes at the start of an ordinance phase. So you launch your torpedo bombers, and then they have to fly around as torpedo bombers for a turn, and then they fire torpedoes. And that doesn't seem like a, you know, it's just one more step where something terrible can happen. Well, yeah. oh, Are we good now? Yeah, we're good. Yeah,
2: I <laughs> talked okay. about them because we had to, but don't. Oh, while, while you were doing that, I accidentally had disconnected Steven, so there was a little bit oh. of drama here. We're good. <laughs> oh, well, thank God I kept <laughs> rambling. Okay, well,
0: yeah. Um, um, did what you, else? did oh, you finish one... talking about them? I did, although there's one thing we failed to mention when it came to. What's that? Sc- to wings, so we've talked about fighters and bombers as squadrons, and mm-hmm. they can get launched together as it's called a wing, or a wave of attack craft, right? So you launch your wave, and they act as essentially one unit, right? If one squadron in the wave goes over a blast marker, the whole wave has to roll and can be blown up, etc. You can break apart waves at any point in time, yep. and the individual squadrons can go do their own thing. But the reverse is not true. You can't launch like an individual fighter wave and an individual bomber and think they'll be able to meet up and go do work together. Um, And the reason for that is, again, these 20 centimeter squares are several hundred miles of space. And it's just really hard for things that tiny to meet up with each other and get back in formation and mm-hmm. do all of that stuff so they just said no it can't be done um and like torpedoes if you happen to be a madman and run two carriers of a squadron and they're base to base you can launch kind of one uber wave of attack craft uh, which can be real fun and just kind of terrifying because you're like well i got eight bombers that are going to attack you now and the enemy huh. cries and you laugh <laughs> what do you mean coming. you've got eight bombers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I think that pretty much covers it. Alrighty. Did, did we miss, well, that's, miss uh, anything? Uh,
1: mm, no, I don't think so. I think we've pretty much got it all. Jesse, think do, you, that, uh, do
2: you have any questions? <laughs> uh, basically, I was uh, drinking from a garden hose there. Or a fire hose, excuse me. I think that's how the sound <laughs> is. Um, it could okay, be a no? garden hose. We don't know. <laughs> But no, I, I thought I learned quite a bit, and I uh, hope the listeners at home really enjoyed this, because I know I did. I was just sitting there yeah. listening to it. Um, um, next episode, let's talk about um,
1: let's talk about Dark Angels. Dark Angels, and maybe we'll talk about... You don't need to pander uh, to Jesse. <laughs> no, but it's, it's Rhodothramas. Can... <laughs> <laughs> Always keep the sound man happy, Austin. That's a fair uh, point. Yeah, let's talk about Dark Angels, and let's talk about some of the. Let's go into more detail about some of the uh, heavier classes of ships, the Hades, the battle cruisers, the the Hades. You just want to talk
0: about Hades, don't you?
1: It's the best heavy cruiser in the game, and I defy anyone to prove me wrong.
0: Hmm. Well, there you go. We're gonna start talking. Maybe maybe we'll do a mix and match. We'll start doing it like that. We'll talk about one or two legions. Talk about a class of ship.
2: Yep, who knows? Maybe uh, yep. start thinking about creating a type of ship for the dark sovereign proxy. Maybe? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, using mm-hmm. those experimental rules we could make the dark mm-hmm. sovereign class. Yeah, we could do it. We could do Exciting. it. Yeah, so tune in next week. Uh same warp coordinates and, and such. Yeah, uh yeah, if like you to... like Go ahead. Oh, well, go ahead. Nope. I'm sorry. You go ahead. I'm so...
2: Um, if you want to uh, again, if you want to follow up and uh, check out these rules, be sure to go to rr30k.com and click on the Battlefleet Heresy tab. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at rr30k podcast, on Instagram at Remembrance Retreat. You can also follow us on our Discord, which the link will be below in the description of this show. And definitely want to thank our patrons. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go over to patreon.com forward slash 30 kpodcast Starting with our uh, patrons for April, our Legion Praetors, Alex Self, Chris Mack, Jacob Dillon, Woe, Jason Tick, Joe from Music City Heresy, Matthew Boyce, and Mr. Baldwick. In our Centurion class, we have Andrew N., Angry Boy, Black Label Painting, John Christensen, M. Hernandez, Mark Henry, Minis by Applesauce, and Scott LeMay. And in our Legion, uh, Legion Sergeant tier, we have Aaron Maynard, Duncan, Emily O'Hare, Garrett Lowe, and Travis Smith. Thank you all so much for becoming patrons, and uh, I'll be sure to send you guys a sticker out here very soon once I get my printer up and running and uh, fully moved in. So, thanks again. Yeah, you can also send us email at remembrancersretreat at gmail.com and uh, also, tonight's uh, music is Bomber, written by Dwayne Elms on the album Carmen Miranda's Ghost from 1989.
1: Yep. So uh, that's everything we've got. We'll see you next week. And as the saying goes, good hunting. Without a slip, shuttle drops them free. Set the track with their attack, the backup can't agree. Now trim the jet, and don't forget to plot in the return. It's time to go for down below the planet that must burn.
0: He just flies the bomber. He never sees their eyes when the hell comes down. He just flies the bomber.